What's up, everyone? This is Under 1000. We're your host, Jacob. And Sam. And today we're looking at Fears to Fathom, a single-player episodic horror series inspired by true creepy tales sourced from the internet. A little bit of background. There are three episodes of Fears to Fathom. Home Alone, which came out in 2021. Norwood Hitchhike, which came out in 2022. And Carson House, which came out earlier this year. So you're just going to do the intro and act like you haven't been just gone for... <laughs> you, you want to explain what's up everyone welcome, what's up jacob welcome to under 1000 yes i'm back i've been on a little bit of a hiatus i've had a lot of um big life events happen all positive happy things happen in the last six months but a lot of life changes it's like uh i don't know i would say boomers probably would say that i'm delayed because i'm experiencing <laughs> these things in my late 20s but um yeah, just a lot of landmark events that are really exciting, but have taken up a lot of my time. Um, but it's good to be back, you know, and it's good to be back in the style that I like to be in. Like you just, just hopping in, you know, sure. just hopping yeah. in. And like the fun uncle, like the fun uncle, right? Just... Like, here's the thing. Okay. I was listening to an interview with Pusha T, right? He was talking about Pharrell. Okay. And Pharrell is like the type of artist where... Like everyone who works with Pharrell says like you get in the studio with Pharrell and he's listening every single second, every beat, every note Pharrell is listening and tweaking. He's on the details. He is like mastering it. Okay. Is this you? This, this I am not a Pharrell. I'm not a Pharrell. I would say I'm more like a, <laughs> like, like a 50 cent, you know, <laughs> everyone, everyone around me sets it all up. And then I go in, what do I do? In the booth, one take, lay up, and it's a hit. And that's just, that's just Holy shit. you know, you go in just off the cuff, and you just <laughs> nail it. Every, and it's just gold every time. That is true. You just, every single time, this is not the third take of the intro so far. Like, you, yeah, you, yeah really, one take. Yeah. yeah, I'm like 50 Cent if he was eating, if 50 Cent ate little Italian lemon cookies, that's... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was doing before the episode. Uh, but 50 Cent doesn't even know what a grapefruit is. So I'm going to read that at your fucking funeral. <laughs> he was like 50 Cent if 50 Cent ate small lemon flavored cookies. I think that's an old Aziz Ansari bit where he's talking about 50 Cent didn't know what a grapefruit was. But you know what? He doesn't need to. He's gotten this far. Um, exactly. Yeah, an icon. Well, I didn't mean to like like pull that up out of nowhere, but I figured it was worth you know probably taking some time to. I'm sure everyone that. missed me. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I'm sure. Um, all right, so <clears throat> getting back to the games, um, all the fears to fathom episodes were created by the developer Rail, aka Mukul Negi, and I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. From New Delhi, India, um, his first game was made when he was 19. The first Fuck of the yeah. fears to fathom series, um, also notable, just like kind of the kind of person who like messed around with scratch the programming language making apps um really cool honestly and it's like fascinating and awesome as a developer to see like the kind of initiative that like young developers take and like this is exactly the the kind of thing i love to see as a programmer because it's like someone taking their passion into their own hands you know which is a uniquely programming thing you can do Totally. It's available on only Steam, I think, right now, which, I mean, that makes sense. Uh, it's a PC game. All the episodes have achieved positive responses, uh, very positive. Um, the first episode actually has 
3K reviews, but the God next two have under a thousand. So we're just gonna like kind of tweak the numbers and roll with it. So yeah, if you add them all up and divide it by, it's actually still over. It's actually still over. That. Yeah, yeah, that's. I specifically didn't include that wording in the outline yeah. because that's that's not true. But um, well, you can cut it. <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> Uh, apparently Jacob, Jacob one-liners are just in high demand right now and low supply. So I'll just be keeping that in. <laughs> 50 cents said you can cut it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, all right. So features from the Steam store page, we got atmospheric environment and photorealistic graphics. That's what they said. I would not <laughs> say photorealistic. My dude is like, if you, if you still take your photos of like a moto crazer, <laughs> that's just photorealistic. I was thinking like, if you take a photo of the game, <laughs> technically it becomes photorealistic. Yeah, this is like in science camp when you learn about like ancient cameras and they're just like letting, letting light through a hole and then tracing it. Like Exactly. Yeah. This is the pinhole eclipse camera. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, VHS film aesthetic, which... Crops up a lot, honestly, in our games, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. Um, you receive texts from NPCs, which sounds like a weird thing to list on like the features of a game, but it 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 adds something in a weird way. Like there's like you you have this sort of like iPhone in, in messenger interface, and your character receives messages and then also responds outside of your control. Um, because these are all based on true stories. So the person can sort of give the text message thread and you just sort of see it happen and kind of see your character that you're playing. Um, like infer things or, or reveal information and you get this like cool dramatic irony effect that happens right like yeah, when those conversations it's like, happen it's like a cool tension builder mm-hmm. and like fills in the story really well um and you like yeah. kind of get those exciting moments where like something's happening and then someone like texts you something surprising and you get the um like push notifications dropping down at the top of the screen yeah uh, and the interface for the phone is, like, really simple. So, like, it's never, like, annoying or anything. It's sort of just, like, another sort of uh, slightly interactive cutscene mechanic. Yeah. And the, the game is fairly, like, minimal aside from that. So having that yeah. there, I think, adds a lot. Um, player voice activity and sound detection. This is something that's interesting because I saw it mentioned on every game, every episode of Fears to Fathom. And there are points at which a little, like... Um, bar on the side of your screen appears where you can see your your the sound that you're making through your mic if you have one that said i don't know how much it actually does anything did you get the sense that it did i don't know that we ever actually saw it result in anything but i feel like it is like a good placebo yeah yeah like it makes you very cognizant of like screaming or like Going like, oh, oh no, or like something in real life for sure. We played through a lot of these. Like, one person would be playing and streaming while the other person watched. Yeah. And we were, did talk during some of these points and didn't really see any results. Yeah. So, I don't know <laughs> how much that actually affects these episodes, but it's probably something that we could expect in the future for to be a larger mechanic in yeah. the next episodes of Fierce Five. Yeah. And I could see it being cool. Especially in a situation where, like, uh, when I was thinking about it, I was like, well, I don't quite get it because what happens if you, like, when you scream, it's usually in reaction to something that's happening to you and you're already dead. But I could see it being really interesting if the game tries to scare you in, like, sort of secondary ways and get you to, like, oh, oh, or, like, you know, something like that. And then that draws the attention of whatever the main threat is. You know, I think that's a really cool mechanic and idea, actually. And that seems to be what the developer is kind of going for here. Yeah, it's it's definitely less 
thought out or fleshed out at this point than mm-hmm. um obviously phasmophobia has a mechanic like this right when you are getting chased and yeah you hide and you can't talk to your teammates anymore but the only thing i thought about was uh in until dawn the mechanic okay. where you have the playstation controller and you can't move it oh yeah else, you know things will happen because you didn't hold steady enough uh, yeah so there's like obviously this type of mechanic can be integrated really effectively. I just mm-hmm. think it's, you know, take more episodes, young developer making new games. Like just, I'm excited to see it like fleshed out. Yeah, definitely. Um, the last one on the list is one that I added because we encountered it in game, but it's interdimensional cable, <laughs> which is just, yeah. every, I think two of the games had a TV. And if you play the games, which you should turn the TV on and just sit down and watch it for a little while. Um, it's funny how like as much effort went into the commercials <laughs> as did into the rest of the game but and it's the like powerpoint really cool. and the powerpoint as well and how to be a better person i think yeah. we both learned a lot <laughs> yeah that like freaky tim and eric shit yeah uh there's like a really fun tongue-in-cheek attention to detail to some yeah. of the things like the tvs and files on a computer that you interact with and the like food packaging when you have to go bike to the grocery store <laughs> and go shopping, which is more fun than it sounds. Common horror uh, trope, yes, of course. Yeah, it gives it like a good seventies feel to like have to go do some menial task on a Friday night and then come home and, and get attacked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ah, yes, the seventies. <laughs> come home and get attacked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, each episode is about what, like forty-five minutes, I, I think, on a, on one playthrough. Most yeah. people who played the game, because um, we looked through the reviews, had like two hours or so. Because you'll probably play through them once or twice at least. You know, if you yeah. if you die or if you you know hit a game over state at any point. So at this point, it's probably worth talking about horror in general and why it so often crops up in under one thousand and in the indie scene. Yeah. Um, so first to just speak for ourselves, uh, the reason that it crops up a lot is just because it's something that we like. It's something yeah. that we like to review. It's something that we like to play. It's a genre that we both enjoy and we're doing this for fun. So it really crops up a lot. Um, but it, a lot of these games exist in a similar universe and with a similar set of constraints to a lot of low budget horror icons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there are a lot of reasons we can kind of discuss about why horror more than other genres can have these budget breakthroughs yeah uh that we see in film with things like skinnamarink and the Blair Witch project and creep which between those three movies creep is by far my favorite one so if you haven't mm-hmm. watched creep definitely watch creep yeah um but there's a lot of room for horror there's a lot of way for horror to be effective in a minimalist world with this negative space right yeah yeah i was just about to say it's about the negative space and usually like the minimalism and the things that you leave out or don't directly show in a horror movie can make it a lot scarier which means a lot more effective you know for horror i was looking at like because i was curious about this and and you know game budgets especially indie game budgets can be hard to like sort of research i think sometimes but movies are fairly like you you can look that stuff up pretty easily so like i was looking at you know low budget horror movies versus low budget like action movies right and like if you think about a low budget horror movie you're talking tens of thousands of dollars you know maybe hundreds of thousands but like low budget action is like minimum a million you know it's just it's just a genre that works with fewer resources especially with the examples that we gave, you know, and like a a lot of times like Blair Witch Project, 
if you go back and watch it now, it may not have aged well, but what the director did with the resources at hand to create essentially an entire new genre of film is fantastic. You know, like innovation happens in those like sort of more restricted spaces sometimes because you have to work with what you've got. Yeah. And it's definitely also about like the types of stories, you know, in terms of just general storytelling, like horror is close to home while action is far from home. Oh, right? good point. So yeah. like it's, because those scary because things happening in your house can be so scary it means you can shoot the movie in your house or make the game in a house yeah um so and i don't mean in his physical home i mean the game takes place in a house <laughs> <laughs> although if you're you know the director of skinnamarink the, the movie does take place in your physical home oh really so they record his parents in? house yeah oh uh, okay like his childhood home which classic is... millennial living with mom and dad <laughs> can never go back to that house now <laughs> yeah yeah, so um, once he killed all those children. <laughs> you're not wrong. Don't watch it. Honestly, watch it. It's it's watch it, but understand what you're getting yourself into in Skinnamarink. That kind of segues. That sort of like the normal can be freaky kind of segues well into our next point, which is that the stories for each of these episodes: Home Alone, Norwood Hitchhike, Carson House. The three episodes of Fears to Fathom that are out so far. Each of them is based on an individual ostensibly real story that the developer sort of solicited from the internet. Um, So one of them, just to like not do a whole lot of spoilers, one of them involves a home invasion. One of them involves a creepy motel stay. And one of them involves, I think another home invasion, (laughs) Um, but they're all supposed to be things that are, that happened to real people and that those people survived. And then they sort of come with some, you know, before and after narration from the person who submitted the story and sort of a resolution. And it's interesting to see how the developer like took these real events that happened and then sort of created these like choose your own adventure style branching options to explore what would have happened if the person had acted differently, maybe. Right. Right. Like they made the right decisions so that they could live to type up their story and cross post it between let's not meet and this guy's email. Uh, but if they'd done the wrong thing that you know that's also a branch you can take in the game Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly uh but i think that like i'm not just joking there the stories are very much in that vein right and we don't have to really go into too much about like or is it real because like just like let's not me it doesn't really matter right Yeah, yeah we don't know how much background checking he's doing but the story is like have a lot of believability to them they have a lot of elements that are kind of like um like you mentioned red herrings in the notes here in terms mm-hmm. of like uh i guess i shouldn't just directly reference the notes but like you can yeah um but they have a lot of sort of believable um steps that don't maybe exist in like a normal like quote-unquote story where Mm -hmm. like sometimes things are just like sort of happening as they would happen to someone in real life and there'll be like red herrings or like just life isn't a constructive narrative right yeah i think once you once you get into like a zone where you're creeped out by something everything sort of starts to seem related or possibly related and sort of makes this compound creeping effect right even if they're not really you know right and this game does that really well, like because you're like like you're saying it, it it's a real thing that happened to somebody, and so some random stuff did happen in addition to the creepy things, and it all kind right. of turned it like the creepiness sort of subsumed everything that was happening and turned it into this big creepy confusing mess. 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like leaving in all of those little details really brings that like, I'm home alone and freaked out feeling to life. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, There's one thing that I wanted to say, and I think I forgot about it. Must not have been important. Um, Probably not. There's a solid statistical chance that it was nonsense. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. um, The last point, though, about the crowdsource stories is that for the first crowdsource story, and this is super interesting, um, the developer actually got this story from a YouTube channel called Mr. Nightmare, which is in a classification of YouTube content that I believe you call YouTube poop, which is just (laughs) stuff that you put on in the background to kind of creep your, like think like ring doorbell footage, right? That's a huge subgenre, I would say. Um, uh, Videos of people pointing their camera at the sky and going, look at that. Um, Definitely a (laughs) subgenre, you know? We should note that Mr. Nightmare is a god in this realm. Okay, Okay, yeah, well, I'm sorry. I'm not as familiar with his work as you are. Yeah, so, so, like, if you have ever been either so shamelessly looking for horror content that you just start typing scary stories into YouTube, or (laughs) you're, like, you have a period of your life where you're, like, so depressed that you can't be alone with your thoughts... Yeah, And you have mm-hmm. to just listen to something from the moment you wake up until the moment that you go to sleep on your air mattress. In- uh- <laughs> this is hitting very close to home. Yeah. And honestly, we shouldn't reveal our locations. Well, yeah, uh, you can bleep it out. Uh, Mr. Nightmare is the, the, the primo low effort creepy content. And that's, this is not, this is no disrespect, but basically the formula is that uh, he has people just send their creepy stories and some of them are good. And 70% of them are obviously a 12 year old fantasizing about surviving a creepy story. Sure. And he reads them and he, he categorizes them. Like, like you said, um, three creepiest Tamagotchi horror stories, three creepiest, found something in my shoe horror stories <laughs> three creepiest um my phone died horror stories and then, yeah let me can i can i read some real titles yeah go ahead okay yeah um three disturbing true airbnb horror stories volume two okay yeah. that's, a good one. that's <laughs> not the last volume i bet <laughs> no uh definitely not um three true clown horror stories uh Let's see. And I'll, I'll just pick one more. Uh, three scary true thunderstorm horror stories. Mm. Yeah, those are all written by dogs. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, 50 cent. Just, you know, one take. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Me and squeaky chair and crunchy chip noises in the microphone. Oh, uh, yes. Um. But yeah, so like the first one was inspired by Mr. Nightmare. If you're ever just like really red eye stoned or you're like and you want to be scared while you walk your dog, <laughs> then put your AirPods in and, and throw that shit on and buy your YouTube premium subscription so you can lock your phone. Um, <laughs> yeah, fucking roast them. <laughs> I've watched every video. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's another thing of note, too, is that Mr. Nightmare is, like, very squarely in the YouTube video context of, like, you're not even supposed to look at the screen. No, You're no, just yeah. supposed to listen to it. The video, like, yeah, that exists for the, specifically just for the thumbnail image. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it exists results. for the thumbnail image and for, like, the three-year-olds that are going to click on this 
while they're like in a high chair at a cheesecake factory and their parents are arguing. Your 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 vision of parenthood is very bleak. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I'm not not doing it. Fair enough. Um, you want to talk gameplay? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I think, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think there are a few last unique things that we should note about the gameplay. Um, one of them, actually, well, the thing is, we already talked about the texting and sound detection. Am I supposed to be recording, or do you just click record and it recorded everything? I click record and it recorded. Okay, that's good. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> um, it's our first time using a new tool, so we're you know yeah. we're just winging it. One take, fifty cent. Um, I think we I think it's probably worth describing at least like what the gameplay flow is kind of like, you know. So like each of these places you in the shoes of the person who wrote the story. Um, you'll usually like follow their footsteps essentially through um and by follow their footsteps i mean first person perspective walking around usually like sort of a, a retro vhs uh very at home in um the puppet combo games like very similar to yeah. that you know kind of thing Definitely. you'll be walking around uh interacting with people talking with people having conversations and then also like hiding slash like getting familiar with your environment so that when shit hits the fan you'll have a couple options and you'll know what to do and then there'll be a climax to that and depending on the choices that you make and how you use your environment, um, you'll either survive or you'll get horribly terrified and then die and start over at like the most recent checkpoint. So I just want to run through that because it's you know worth probably get, painting a picture of the gameplay in general. Um, on top of that are sort of you'll receive texts from friends. Um, you'll uh, interact with like vending machines and go shopping and like just a lot of random stuff that whatever happens in the story, you know? Yeah, and if this sounds like a lot of actions to be learned and performed in, like, an hour-long game, uh, it, it really doesn't feel that way because, like, we should note the game does a really good job of logically leading you into how to interact with it, Yeah. right? So most games will have, like, a tutorial at the beginning or, like, some sort of onboarding or coaching. Mm-hmm. And Fears of Adam, because it's so compact... All the episodes do a good job of like cluing you into what you need to be doing immediately, and, mm-hmm. and then the controls are like very simple and intuitive. Yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, I mean, it's it's there's I knew how to interact with it immediately. And the other thing too is that like you never really know when the creepy stuff is going to start happening, quote unquote, which right. kind of makes the entire thing creepy. Even the stuff like going to the grocery store or doing whatever, you know, <clears throat> like there was a time on one of them where I was sure I was like, okay, I understand where this is going. And it took a complete left turn. You know, which one I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 Um, and again, that, that sort of is the, the mimicking life, the red herrings kind of thing, but also like it, it keeps you on your back foot. I think a lot more than horror stories where you can sort of subconsciously feel the narrative underneath, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it, it just, it just feels natural and mm-hmm. feels creepy the entire time. Which yeah. is great. I think you added a small note about checkpoints, too. Oh, yeah, there are checkpoints. So if yeah. you have ever been frustrated by a public combo game that requires you to replay the entire game because you died five minutes before it was over. And... Is, this a, is this a personal experience, or is this just purely hypothetical? I'm going to say stay out of stay out of the house <laughs> until there are more safe spots. No, okay. I love that game. Great yeah. game. Fantastic game. But I didn't ever finish it because I really got sick of just having to replay huge sections of it. And I, I understand that's probably a 
skill issue? Skill issue, to be honest. A skill issue. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that it is like a, a heavy lift development-wise. <laughs> um, but that's fine. It's probably a skill issue. Uh, right, yeah, so, but that's, I mean, that's good because really the, the developer could have just said, you know, it's, it's only 45 minutes or whatever, start over, you know, like, it, yeah. but yeah, you can just pick up where you left off, resolve the story and you got the episode, you know, under your belt, you're good. Yes. Yeah. So as is tradition, we've each picked some reviews from Steam uh, of these games. We've picked across the three episodes uh, mm-hmm. and we would like to share them now. So Sam, would you like to share one of yours first? Yeah, sure. So I've got from Tea, Coffee, or Me on the Carson House. You can piss, but you can't wash your hands, which is true. Like we said, every part of the game scary. Who washes their hands every time anyway? Uh. <laughs> I have this conversation all the time with Say where I'm like, if I don't touch anything, I don't have to wash my hands. Hell no. No, I pee like a fucking... I remember one time I was at this bar in and we'll uh-huh. bleep that out too. And I was really drunk and I, it was not a bar that was a typical uh, demographic of people that I would drink around. Um, and was it like a fucking country club? <laughs> no, no. The other direction. And, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I see. And Some I went, class warfare going on. Here <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yes. Uh, <laughs> So I went to go take a piss and I watched a guy walk in cowboy hat, big boots, chilling, walked a in real uh, American, un- <laughs> <laughs> okay. the real class warfare here. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was literally Bruce Springsteen though. Um, <laughs> but he walked in, whipped his dong out of his pants and then peed at the urinal with his hands on his hips, like leaning back. Like he was like doing like stretching out his back. Like he just got out of bed. Like, like, he was fucking prospecting gold. I don't understand. Fuck yeah. <laughs> it was like he was looking at an old car, deciding if he was going to make an offer on it. <laughs> Incredible. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I have a review from Halland, who said, this is probably the best lasagna eating simulator where you could also die. <laughs> 100% recommend. <laughs> Yeah, fascinating that those two things have, like, you don't die of the lasagna, which I thought was a really, like, M. Night Shyamalan-level twist. Yeah, the thing, too, is, though, that that type of simulator is just most people's lives. (laughs) (laughs) I am depressed. (laughs) All right, um, I'm going to go for my second one. Norwood Hitchhike. This comes from The Man of Sex, uh, and he says... <laughs> you want me to wait? You Jesus lose Christ! Here? All right, yeah. All right. <laughs> he says, "Powerful statement." <laughs> Hell yeah! That's sick. That's great. Yeah. It's awesome. All um, right, and as got? as is also tradition, I picked a not recommended review. Okay, and I just want to say that, like with many of the under one thousand games. Anyone who reviews this game negatively has a fucking bad attitude. <laughs> okay, like it is <laughs> the not recommended section is big bitches only. Like it is, yeah, not, yeah, yeah, true. No way. Um, so ruin job. If we, if we, let, let me stop here. If we tell you a game is good, we are ontologically correct <laughs> about its quality. <laughs> exactly. 
unlike yeah. Runejob, who said, uh, <laughs> this is a strange complaint for this game. He said, made my GPU heat up like a furnace. What do you play it on, Rude Job? Yeah. <laughs> how, like, how the fuck did this game make it? Like, my dude not has to like roast ba- rail too much as a developer, but like, how? My dude had to be playing on like the fucking Nvidia Abacus. <laughs> this dude's like my Ti eighty four is yeah. <laughs> sweating. For real, yeah, unbelievable. Um, <laughs> Bad review, ruined job. Take it down. Delete your account. One thousand, yeah, yeah. one thousand products in account. I hope you lose your password. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up is Drifted Victory Nya uh, on Home Alone. Bro ate a whole lasagna in ten seconds. Best game ever made. Ten out of ten. And I gotta say, huge portion of the reviews for Home Alone just about lasagna. Also, one point for each second. So, wow. Yeah, there's a yeah, there is a lot of lasagna eating in a short period of time in this game. But surprisingly, no Garfield jokes. Is this because I'm 30? What's Garfield? Oh god. <laughs> um yeah, no, that's you're right. It's it tastefully leaves out Garfield. Yeah, well. Just saying I'm, those jokes would have hit for some for some demographics, you know. Are you 30 yet? Fuck you. Yeah, you are. I am, yeah. yeah. I'll be 31 this year. So I mean I'm gonna be well we have to beep all this out anyway. We can't say our fucking ages. Why not? Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> what about my social security number? Can I say that it's yeah, my two my social security <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> I'm not giving you the last four digits. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. You're only with the first four. <laughs> the first set, and then I can look up the last four from whatever paste bin has been dumped already in all, all my info. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn it. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just say hell yeah like it's an all purpose bomb. <laughs> you just throw that on anything, it becomes good. Just fuck yeah. <laughs> good to go <laughs> oh my god all right well do you have anything else you'd like to say for yourself mr uh mr fun uncle just swinging by <laughs> see you in three months <laughs> 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 not really not really our, our next episode will be sooner thank you for anyone who is listening um we're at the point where it's mostly people we don't know which is cool yeah um that's so weird. for yeah. real if this pops up on your spotify feed or whatever and you're like huh and you like brush the cobweb aside that's in front of <laughs> in front of the album art um and you listen to this and you feel positive about it that's awesome and i'm glad that you're enjoying it yeah and uh definitely check us out on substack we're on there now as our sort of primary platform um, we do uh, weekly game recommendations outside of the under one under one thousand games. So um, I usually write like a little blurb, include the trailers, some photos, and like a little bit of uh, info about the game. The Substack is and, so like, awesome; it's so much better than social media. You don't have to go see what we're putting on Instagram, any of that shit. It is in your email yeah. inbox. It is like you just you just get the recommendations right there, and none of the bullshit you got to scroll through or anything like that. So it, it, it's way better. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and we really wanted to get away from like the the algorithm that just you know rules everyone's lives and everything right now. So, exactly. Um, if, if you're interested, you think we have good recommendations, definitely sign up for that. Um, and we won't send you any spam, no promotions, no ads, no bullshit, yep. nothing like that. Yep. You're just getting the good content straight to you. We want the content to be better for you. 
that's yeah. the other reason. And it's not paid. It's, it's, it's a free. free. It, it's free. Um, yeah. And then also in the coming weeks, we'll have, like Jacob said, more episodes. And also I'll be doing an article series that will be licensed Creative Commons. So if you have a publication or like a blog or something and you want, you know, to add articles or find an article that you want to repost, uh, any of that content is up for grabs. And both of us will probably be writing some articles at some point there. Um, it's called Open Source. That's the name of that one. Side Quests is our weekly recommendations and then you'll also get updates about the podcast itself so the Substack is really our hub now and we're really happy with it so far so please you know if you like the show sign up for that for sure yep. and make sure that you check out Sam's article on space.com that was published about oh. gravity and zero G in video games this is for real published on space.com it's called defying gravity how video games play with gravity and zero G so look it up make sure you read it um, give them those clicks, those sweet clicks. Thanks. Yeah, and leave a comment if the show brought you there, because that'd be cool. Yeah, you know? that'd be awesome. But, yeah, I think that's it. You have anything else? No, that's it. I'm out. All right, goodbye. I'll see you in another three months. All right, goodbye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of Under One Thousand. Like we said, if you enjoyed the show, check us out at under1000.com on our Substack, um, sign up with your email it's totally free uh, and you'll get updates on the next episode game recommendations and some game articles too and all of those are a la carte you can subscribe or unsubscribe to those as you want so thanks for listening once again and we'll see you next time on Under 1000 hell yeah perfect Today's post-credit scene is all of the chip sounds that I had to edit out from this episode, thanks to Jacob. Enjoy. Enjoy.